Spending your Kokomo Friday with us, ladies and gentlemen. Getting ready for a holiday weekend. Maybe some of you are going down to Kokomo for Labor Day weekend. Hmm. That'd be fitting. Yeah. It's a real place, right? I think so. I don't think it's like Narnia. <laughs> okay. Well, that's Scott. I'm Adam. And we have got some big stuff to talk about. Uh, first of all, how much does spring training matter? We told you. Lucas Giolito was the big spring training riser, and you didn't listen. And you just left him on waivers and his terrible eight ERA, and now, now look who's, look who's got the last laugh. Lucas Giolito with a huge start yesterday against the Red Sox. We told, we knew spring training mattered for something. Well, it's about time. It only took, uh, five months for Giolito to become good. So we gotta talk about him. We got a big trade. We got a starting pitcher coming back a lot sooner than I anticipated. We got uh, week 23, Scott? It is week 24. 24, help. Okay. Yeah, So officially, yeah. I was, I'm was. i sorry. I was looking up because I felt stupid. Kokomo, there are several Kokomos, uh, but the one they refer to in the song is not real. Did you know that? I do is now. Is that a joke? I do now. Okay. Just as long that? as I wasn't outside the joke. We could be stupid together. That is, uh, that is weird that it's not real. Okay. So look, uh, the Yankees acquired Andrew McCutcheon. How about that? Andrew McCutcheon on the Yankees. Now I have to like Andrew McCutcheon. He is the number 26 outfielder in points, number 36 in Roto this year, 15 homers, 13 steals. More power after the all-star break, but only batting 238. I don't know. The peripherals are good. He should be better than this. Value up down to the same for Andrew McCutcheon. I think the value's definitely up, and while I feel like we make too much of, of deals sometimes and how they could affect player value, I'm not sure this is a small deal. I mean, he's going from one of the worst parks for hitters to one of the best, and that's with him having hit two-thirds of his home runs on the road this year. Uh, and last like year, talked- too. And I know he wasn't on the Giants last year, but he wasn't in a good park. But last year, McCutcheon hit 19 of his 28 home runs, I think, on the road. Yeah, yeah, it was an, it's, yeah, Pittsburgh's another bad hitter's park. So, uh, particularly for righties. Yeah, I mean, now, I, I, we've talked before on this podcast about how, like, it's his highest hard contact rate ever. He has a really good line drive rate. So he, his BABIP and ISO probably should both be higher than they are. Now he's going to a better environment, better supported cast. You know, I have, have no doubt he's going to play every day. This could be, this could really help his value. Now what I, on the bad end, what I think it probably suggests is that the Yankees aren't confident they're getting Aaron Judge back. At least not in the regular season. There's only four weeks left, and he's not—he's not feeling good enough to swing a bat yet. Hmm. Well, I—I uh, I don't know. I was sort of just kind of feeling like mid-month. I don't know about the rest of the regular season because the playing—you know—you say you're confident he's going to play every day. I'm definitely confident he's going to play every day until Aaron Judge gets back. 
when Judge gets back, I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe that's something we just worry about then. It's not like anybody's going up and adding Andrew McCutcheon. Um, you know, you just you have him, you keep starting him. It should get better production now. And I, I, I got to figure, even if that happens, and again, I don't think it's likely, but if it happens, Brett Gardner would be out. Right? Yeah, I just defense, you know, and he they love Brett Gardner, but. That was my thought as well. We'll see how well he plays. I mean, if Andrew McCutcheon's still hitting like this, then I don't know. But if he has a little bit of a bump, they're not going to take him out of the lineup. I think this is a big deal. I mean, it's a pretty big uh, trade. And he has another – does he have another year on his deal? No. He's his free agent? Okay. Um. All right, so we'll see. I think it's going to let Giancarlo Stanton DH, which is a good thing. And I don't know what that means for Neil Walker. I know it's not a huge deal for fantasy owners, but Walker's actually played pretty well lately. And he plays some right field. I, I, they have a little bit of a logjam there. Um, when, when Gregorius gets back. So we'll see. But, um, McCutcheon on the move. Any impact on the Giants side of this? Uh, it's not like there's some exciting outfielder waiting in the wings. Yeah. Steven Duggar out for the year, by the way. Yep. Shohei Otani's not out for the year. I really did not think he was going to make any impact for fantasy as a pitcher. They even said they were hoping for like late September, mid to late September. He's starting this weekend. He's starting on Sunday at Houston, Sunday night baseball. He'll be on a pitch count, so you probably don't want to start him. But Otani as a starting pitcher, 310 ERA, 20 walks to 61 strikeouts and 49 and a third. If you take out the start against the Red Sox when he had that blister, I mean, his numbers would be even Better and they're already great. Uh, give me your take on o- Otani. He was eighty-six percent owned. So again, you're not you're very rarely, uh, very unlikely to be able to pick him well, up. You know, people who play on sites where they don't have him as a singular player, they split him up as a pitcher and hitter. I would guess he's the pitcher version is available in a lot of leagues. I'll Ownership to tends out. to be lower on other sites just as a whole, anyway. Um, I mean, definitely, yeah, definitely got to pick him up. I mean. He was ace caliber. You you said he's starting Sunday? Yeah. God, of course he is. Why? I mean, I know that's not the biggest part of this story, but remember how he got stuck starting oh, yeah. on Sunday <laughs> yeah. every week? So it, if something happened to mess up the Angels' rotation during the week, you just got no starts out of him? Uh, that was that was the most frustrating part about owning Otani, even when he was healthy. But, you know, that's that's obviously not going to be enough to uh, – to keep me from picking him up. If he has a great start this weekend, then you probably do start him next time out. I'm trying to see. Uh, he is 63% owned, the pitcher version in Yahoo League. Shohei Otani is 63% owned. So who would you rather have, Eduardo Rodriguez, who's coming back, or Shohei Otani? I would rather have Eduardo Rodriguez. I, I think he's underrated performance-wise, and I just have more confidence he's going to take a regular turn and, and pitch a normal workload and all of that. Okay. Yeah, that's a th- I mean, I feel like if I can guarantee you the same amount of innings, you're obviously going to take Otani over Rodriguez. Right? Right. But right. But that's definitely a big factor with Otani. Still, it's pretty cool that he's coming back and it's it now it now it becomes the uh, a pretty interesting discussion that rookie of the year uh in the American League will see how Otani does. So, who is your favorite two-star pitcher for fantasy week 24 that could be available? Well, let's pull up the list here, Adam, because I don't have a name off the top of my head like I so often do. Yeah, you um, usually do. This actually is a segment you usually come prepared for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm Nick looking Pavetta. at the list here. 
Come on down, Nick Pavetta, at Miami and at the Mets. Yeah, no, those are two good matchups. Uh, he's coming off two not-so-good starts, but still seems like a pitcher who... Seems like a good pitcher. Seems like a quality pitcher. Does all the things that a pitcher needs to do to succeed. And uh, with those matchups, I definitely play him. He's seventy six percent owned, so it's you know, he's not widely available. We talked about Trevor Cahill yesterday and how it's going to be hard to sit him, even as bad as the two starts were, at least in points leagues. Uh, the matchups aren't great, but he's seventy one percent owned. Oh, Tyler Glass now. Tyler Glass now. Yep, Toronto, Baltimore. That's sixty three percent owned. That's I would take guy. him over Cahill. Mm-hmm. I might take him over Pavetta. Uh, no, not with those matchups. Pavetta's matchups are too good, but Glassnow's in that same range. Alright, that's, I, that's good. There's, there's a, Dude, there's a, a healthy number of, yeah, uh, available two start options this week after two or three weeks where it seemed like there wasn't. There must be a lot of games next week because there are a ton of two star pitchers. And, there are uh, a lot of games on Monday. Every team plays on the uh, holiday. Right. But, right. there are four games on Thursday. Really? Yeah. Wow. Look forward uh, to that. I did add Jake Junis in the podcast points league. He has the Indians on the road and the Twins on the road, pitching a lot better. Uh, it's yep. a scary one, but um, I don't, I'm not sure I'm going to use him. But you know what? You don't have to start the guy. Sometimes it's good to just pick up a two star pitcher to keep him away from uh, from your competitors, from your opponents. Yeah i I think I'd be I think I'd be about using him in a points league. Yeah, I'm probably going to start him. I just want to say, is he, is he getting, I know he's not giving up home runs lately. Only th- two home runs or three home runs in his last do, 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 eight starts. Is he getting more ground balls? That's what I want to know. Or is it just fluky? And I can tell you in uh, just one moment. Well, so he's, yeah. he's yeah. a fly ball pitcher. So I don't know that that's really a measure of success for him. Um, he is getting more swinging strikes and, you know, apparently a problem when he was giving up the home runs is his slider, which is his best pitch was just kind of flat. Mm. Well, so he is, I, yeah, Junis I think is getting more ground balls, but not to the point where it's not such a, such a jump, but he is getting more ground balls lately. Still more fly balls and ground balls though. Uh, quick programming announcement and please do not find me and punch me when I tell you what's going to happen. For the month of September, we are going to be a three-show-per-week podcast. Usually going to be Monday, Wednesday, Friday, not next week. Next week will be Tuesday, and then either Wednesday or Thursday, and then Friday. Always a Friday show, always a Monday show, except for Labor Day, and probably Wednesday. Uh, apologies for that. It's just September. It's just September, and... um right. We're not, we're not going to do like some other big baseball podcasts have done. And oh, no. No, no, no. Definitely Go to not. three days permanent. I mean, obviously in the offseason. We've never done every day in the offseason. But, but yeah, we'll yeah. be back. So, yeah, so uh, my, my apologies there. Thursday standouts, Lucas Giolito. I also picked him up for his one-start week against the Tigers next week. Six and a third, two hits, one run, two walks, eight strikeouts. And I saw the score, and uh, the at the time it was 4 nothing White Sox over the Red Sox. And I said, oh, who's pitching? I said, oh, Giolito's pitching. I got to watch this game. I turned it on. I think he walked a batter or gave up a hit, and they removed him. That was in the top of the seventh <laughs> inning. So I didn't see that. And then I turned the game off, and then the Red Sox scored every run and beat the crap out of them. But I watched – the only thing I watched, Scott, was the MLB.com highlight mashup. This guy, Lucas Giolito's changeup is like a video game changeup. It is 
dancing up there. It was impressive. He's 46% yeah. owned, and his start is against the Tigers. Do we need to add Lucas Giolito? I didn't see it in action, but the the data backs up what you're saying because uh, let me see if okay, so my waiver wire article isn't up yet this morning. Oh, there it is. No, it is up. So I can pull the exact stat for you uh, over his past. It, it's it really changed over his past seven starts where he started throwing a changeup a lot more and it got started to get a lot more swingy strikes. And although it took a while for the actual performance to follow that, uh, now in August he has a 386 ERA, 102 whip, 9.6 strikeouts per nine innings. Obviously ERA a little high, but the other two numbers really, really good. Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. His start this upcoming week is against the Tigers, which is obviously a really good matchup. And then the week after that's going to be a two-star week for him. Wow. So I think, uh, I think you c- could make the case to pick him up. I'm not calling a must add, but obviously there's a lot of potential there and he may be beginning to tap into it finally. For Giolito, his last 12 starts, he has had three terrible starts and the other nine were quality starts. So it's like, uh, it's all or nothing, it seems. But I'm telling you, I could not believe. First of all, I don't remember him throwing a 95-mile-per-hour fastball when that, when I first saw him. That's another thing I saw. Uh, I believe it was Jeff Zimmerman of Fangraphs uh, kind of compared his mechanics from earlier, his uh, how high he holds his arm from earlier this season to now. And it coincides with a velocity boost. Yeah. So, good. yeah. Your your observations are spot on here. I hope so, because when you watch the MLB.com highlights, uh, you know, they give you like a two-minute video. All you see are the good things. All you see is basically strike three. Um, but that changeup was unbelievable. was like really looked like a special pitch. So, like Scott said, not a must start, but not a must add. But Giolito, 46% owned. All right, um, let's, uh, let's get to it here. Hey, real quick, this is a serious question, so don't laugh. Tyler White or Joey Votto in Roto rest of, rest of season? <laughs> I laughed. Sorry. No, you can't laugh. It's a real question. Uh, I mean, I'm taking Votto, but yeah, like I, I hate, like I hate these kinds of questions that force me to choose against the thing that it's totally appropriate to be excited about. Because <laughs> <laughs> now, oh, you don't like Tyler White? No, I'm very. I'm, I've been talking up Tyler White back when he was 1% owned, and now he's like 41% owned, but I still think that's too low. I mean, I don't even think Votto is a top 30 first baseman in Roto after the DL stint. But even before that, he wasn't top 20. Yeah, well. Yeah, I I, I can't bet against him that hard. All right, well, Tyler White homered again, so pick him up. Yeah. He's 42% owned. Yeah, yeah. This um, one, I, I think I know where you're going to go with this one. Hey, real quick, Herman Marquez or Jose Barrios? I understand it's September, um, but even so, Herman Marquez is eighty-one percent owned. Did you had? Do you still have that Yahoo League up? I'm curious where he is in that because, yeah. as I said before, um, ownership tends to be lower on the other sites. I think I think that's because Yahoo does more ten-team leagues than, than we do. That's my guess. Uh, Regardless, he is 80, I mean, he's fifty nine percent owner, Ron Marquez. Good grief! <laughs> like that <laughs> he's he so been, good. He is so yeah. His he's amazing. His his last twelve starts, um, eleven starts, I should say. He you know made a mechanical tweak and 
swing strikes went up, the strikeouts went up. During that stretch, during those last 11 starts, the top starting pitchers in points leagues are Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, Aaron Nola, and Herman Marquez. <laughs> wow. That, and it's, that's the level he's performed It's at. seven or more innings in six of his last seven starts. Uh, it, it's been home. It's been away. Yeah. He's must start. Like, forget about should he be rostered. I, I mean, I would, yeah, I would start him over Jose Barrios right now because Barrios, you know, he has, he has control and a velocity issue in his last start. There may be a valid excuse for it, but, but still, I, I feel much more confident in Marquez now. I can't imagine sitting Marquez, much less leaving him available in 41% of leagues. All right. Hey, real quick. Johan Camargo or Mike Moustakas? I will take Mike Moustakas. Yeah. Moustakas quietly has actually been very good for the Brewers. And the fantasy points haven't really been there. So I said to myself, well, is he just not playing every day? But no, he is playing every day. I don't really understand. Three home runs in his last six games, but in his last six weeks, only one week of more than 17 fantasy points for Mike Moustakas. I'm not, I don't know what's happening here. Um, but, uh, yeah, Camargo is still worth talking about. He's 52% owned. And since the All-Star break, Johan Camargo is batting 317 with five homers and 12 doubles in, th- in 38 games. He's got an 868 OPS. Camargo 52% owned. What do you think? I think Camargo is a useful high floor player at a time of year where it's hard to know who to trust. Uh, I kind of had him and Wilmer Flores in that same group, although now it seems like with Jay Bruce back from the DL and playing some first base, Flores isn't an everyday player anymore. So he's out of that mix. But, uh, yeah, I, I, Camargo's eligible at two positions and I think a useful fill in more weeks than not. Gonna ask Scott about something that's on everybody's mind. You know what tomorrow is, Scott? Tomorrow? is the start, there was a game last night, but the start of college football. Actually, college football started last week. Did it? Yeah. I didn't I didn't know that until I got to uh, the radio show that I do for CBS Sports Radio, Ion Fantasy Football, and the producers were watching college football. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, it started, no, tomorrow's September. It's September call-up, Scott. Oh. Yeah. Baseball. Gonna, yo, that thing. <laughs> <laughs> Going to ask Scott uh, about September call-ups. Well, I wrote an article about it, Adam. Good, good. So you're all prepared. But first, it's time to talk about SeatGeek. Doesn't matter what month you're in. SeatGeek's agent is not going to be filing grievances against the White Sox for not calling it up, like Eloy Jimenez's agent. Uh, no, SeatGeek is awesome. SeatGeek is the best. SeatGeek is the easiest and smartest way to get tickets to any game, any concert, theater, comedy, and it's all Fully guaranteed. There's nothing like being there in person. I love going to games, man. I can't wait. You know I'm going to go to some Yankees playoff games if there's actually plural playoff games and they're not just one and done. You know I'm going to be there. You know I'm going to some college football games. You know I'm going to some concerts. You know I'm using SeatGeek every time I need to go to an event. I've got it on my phone. It is extremely simple to use. Um, and you're going to get the best prices because they search, search multiple sites, they grade every ticket based on value, and they help you immediately identify the best seats that fit your budget. Listen to the podcast, download the app, and use the promo code FANTASY 
three things that you must do. Listen to the show, download the app, use the promo code FANTASY. You'll get 20 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Again, that code is FANTASY. So next time you need to go somewhere, get the SeatGeek app on your phone and use the code FANTASY at checkout for 20 bucks off. SeatGeek, life's an event, and we have the tickets. All right, who's getting called up? So here's my overall spiel on September call-ups. They are overrated. They are not nearly as exciting as you're making them sound right now, and people often do make them Me? sound. Me? What did I, I do? I, I think there was a time <laughs> not too long ago when teams often introduced their best prospects this way. I, I know Freddie Freeman was introduced as a September call-up. Technically speaking, Victor Robles and Francisco Mejia were last year, but it was bit rolls for a contender, and obviously... It was obvious even at the time that they weren't going to make a big fantasy impact. Um, most of the September call-ups are either going to be like organizational depth types, relief help, or they're going to be players we've already seen and had a chance to get excited about this year. Um, so the ones who I feel like have the best chance of impacting fantasy, and I don't feel great about any of them, uh, but I have five. Austin Meadows, who has been better in the Rays system than he ever was in the Pirates system, and obviously looked pretty good um, when he got a chance to fill in for Starling Marte, I think it was, earlier this year. Yeah, for a while he did, and then he then he stopped. Yeah. Yeah. All right, even Austin, even Austin he, Meadows. though, like, it's not clear there's a job, there, there's an mm-hmm. opening for him. Like, it would probably come at the expense of Jake Bowers. Um, Alex Smith is coming off the deal soon. So, But there's at least a chance for Meadows. Kristen Stewart, who's a guy we haven't seen before, Tigers beat writers seem to be indicating that he will for sure be a September call-up. And um, the Tigers obviously don't have anybody good in their lineup. So you got you got to think he'd play a lot. Good power hitter who can take a walk. Where's he eligible? Outfield. Outfield. Kind of a poor man's Carlos Santana is what I feel like he's going to be. In a best-case scenario. I mean, he could completely What's stay. his name? Kristen Stewart. From Twilight? <laughs> <laughs> Wow, all right. Yeah. Team uh, Edward, by the way. Go ahead. Spelled differently, for what it's worth. Yeah, whatever. Uh, Francisco Mejia, I think we'll see him for a second straight September and possibly playing a lot for the Padres. They, they're going to want to evaluate if he can catch, um, if he can hit in the majors, which, you know, he hasn't gotten the at-bats to do. I could see him, you know, especially for being a catcher, I could see him making an honest fan impact in fantasy. Uh, the Braves do have Tuki Toussaint, Bryce Wilson. I think they'll each make a spot starter to in September to help preserve the rest of the rotation. And then Josh James, who I mentioned on yesterday's show, he's, uh, officially in our site as Joshua James, but more commonly known as Josh James at the Astros best strikeout rate in baseball among pitchers with, I think, like 15 starts. Fastball pushes triple digits. He's 25 years old, so I don't know why the Astros want to start enjoying his work in the majors, especially since they have a couple of rotation openings. But we'll see. It's hardly a foregone conclusion he's up at all. There you go. You can check out the article. If you missed anything, those are your potential September call-ups. So what about Eloy Jimenez and Vladimir Guerrero? They're also in there. I had three categories. One was ready to play and play often, which I just gave you. There's also... Uh, maybe they will, but will it matter? And then there's don't count on it. And Vladimir Guerrero and Aloy Jimenez are both in the don't count on it group because 
and this gets back to what I was saying at the beginning of this segment. It financially, it just it makes more sense to call a pro your if it's your top prospect you who you expect once they reach the majors they're going to stay there forevermore. It makes more sense to call them up either before September and enjoy more of that first partial year of team control, that first extra year of team control, um, you know, from like the summer on, or to wait until the middle of next April and get close to a very full, se- uh, close to a complete season free, uh, and extra from the six that is, uh, guaranteed to every player. Um, and it, you know, if you do in September, you're just robbing games from that how early you can call them up next year. And that doesn't make sense, I think, in either the case of Guerrero or Aloy Jimenez. And obviously, since those teams aren't competing for anything, they, we haven't seen them yet. I think if we haven't seen them yet, we're not going to see them at all. News and notes. Gary Sanchez could be back on Saturday. Joey Votto is back. David Price may be able to avoid the DL. Eddie Rosario left with a quad strain. Jason Hayward left after diving for a ball, and Hayward's going to miss a few games at least. Eugenio Suarez sat with back spasms. Matt Shoemaker could join the Angels rotation next week. I'm guessing you have very little interest in Matt Shoemaker. Very little. He's been relevant at fantasy at times, but he has a lot to prove. Uh, we've got uh, Chris Bryant likely back this weekend. D. Gordon's got to be shortstop eligible now, right? Did he get it yesterday? I think D. Gordon got the shortstop eligibility. I will confirm. Uh, Corey Kluber shaved his beard. Yes, Steve Gordon is now second base outfield and shortstop eligible. Corey Kluber shaved his beard. Uh, his wife had a bet with him that he could go the entire season without shaving. His wife probably got sick of it, and now Corey Kluber has shaved his beard. And the Brewers sent Freddie Peralta to the minors. Of course, September is tomorrow, so is Peralta going to come back up, and is he, is he going to be a two-star pitcher because he's currently listed as one? Uh, those are good questions. Those are good questions. Um, I don't know what the rule is of how long you have to stay down there when September comes around. Yeah, I I don't I was reading up on the rules when I was writing that article and I feel like, you know, that wasn't that wasn't something I was fixating on, but I feel like that doesn't apply anymore. So uh I, I'll have to look into it more. Okay. So Freddie Peralta, I mean you may not want to use him anyway. He's got the Cubs and the Giants at home, but he's currently listed as a two star pitcher. He was sent to the minors. Fun stats for you. Giancarlo Stanton became the fifth playest, fifth fastest player to 300 homers. The Cardinals have won 10 straight series. The Brewers have homered in 22 straight games at Great American Ballpark. That's the longest streak for any team in that ballpark, including the Reds, who play their home games there. And this one is amazing. Joe Musgrove threw 21 consecutive strikes to start the game yesterday. That is the most since pitch tracking began in 1988, which made me think, why only 1988? And secondly, like, throw some balls, I guess, because Musgrove had a bad start. 21 in a row. 21 consecutive strikes. Wow. He did have his most swinging strikes of the season, though. Well, when you throw a lot of strikes, some of them are going to get swung at <laughs> and missed, right? <laughs> uh, on the topic, of, on, on the subject of Freddie Peralta, Zach Davies is supposed to start Monday. So... It's only a six-game week for the Brewers. If nothing else, we know Peralta won't be making two starts. Yeah, the only th- unless they remove Junior Guerra, which I think had been something of a rumor. Well, it, it won't matter because Davies is right. taking the Monday turn. You're right. Might be. 
All right, uh, redemption. Yesterday, a couple pitchers got some redemption. Andrew Heaney and Robbie Ray. Uh, I don't know. I guess it was redemption. Well, certainly for Heaney. For Ray, he basically, you know, he had a good start, but he's got now six straight non-quality starts. He never gives up. He never goes six innings. Um, do you want to, who do you want to roster? One, both, none? Andrew Heaney, Robbie Ray. Oh, I'd much rather ro- roster Heaney, which isn't to say he's without his concerns, but it's really just, Innings for me. You know, he hardly threw any of the past two seasons because he was recovering from injury. Um, he, he's, he had a bumpy August, but he pitched at least five innings in every one of those starts. Like he, he didn't have a disastrous start, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, it was surprising to me that he was dropped in so many leagues. His ownership was down like 10% from a couple weeks ago. Uh, he needs 73% owned. He's out yeah. there. Yep. Yep, he, he should he, be now must the problem start. is he's pretty he's pretty close to must start, frankly. But I don't know if I agree, Scott. He's had a lot of bad starts lately, and bad, but not like you know, oh, not know. like pretty disaster bad. starts. Like I'm saying, right? Like you go you go five innings, you give up five runs. That's not a good start. That's obviously raising your ERA. That's terrible. But that it's is a probably positive start. point production. Oh, but but if you're gonna go by that, I mean, you can get positive point production from almost anyone. You can, but a lot of pitchers are going to have disaster starts that give you negative point production along the way. And so I'm saying if that's the floor for a Heaney start, that's a pretty high floor. I just see a pitcher who could be running out of gas, and I'm afraid well, of him being terrible, and he's at Texas next week, and he just was terrible at Texas. What was the line? That was the that was the most recent start, which was the worst. We gave up like double digit hits. Five and a third, ten hits, six runs, two walks, five strikeouts. That was three starts ago for him. Yeah. Um well I will say the control's still really good. The swing strike rate has been has stayed steady. Uh I am worried about the innings, but I don't think it's clear to me that um his his uh rough patch in August is directly related to that. Based yeah. on some of the supporting it's not, numbers, it's not clear. It's it's a yeah. theory. But I mean, he just had a really good start against the healthy I, Astros. I know, but he just had a terrible start against the Astros before that. Sure. So I mean, I mean terrible is overstating. A terrible start to me is like three and two thirds innings, six earned runs. You know, like that. That's a terrible start. He he didn't have a very good start. I mean, okay, a, a terrible start to me is a one fifty whip and five earned runs in six innings. That's that's a terrible start. I mean, obviously that, if that was a pitcher's season line, he'd be a terrible pitcher. <laughs> That's but what if he you're did. just, if you're just, if you're just isolating a single start, it could get a lot. I understand worse. that, but it is three out of five where he's given up five or six runs. So I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a single start. Like, I get what you're saying. You know, one start, five and a third, six runs were just one start would be one thing. You make good points. I actually, to be honest, I think we both make good points on Heaney. And uh you at home can choose. At Texas next week, he's 73% owned. Robbie Ray is more interesting to me. San Diego next week. Start him? Uh, I'd... Hmm. Okay, if we're just comparing him and Heaney for next week. Heaney's at Texas, which is a rough place to pitch. San Diego, obviously, favorable matchup. I guess I would probably... I would rather start Ray. Given those circumstances, but I have a lot less confidence in him going forward. So the next category is called Wade a minute, W A D E a minute. 
Wade LeBlanc and Wade Miley were both really good yesterday. Do you want to start either of them next week? Wade LeBlanc has Baltimore at home, which is nice. Wade Miley has the Cubs at home, which is naughty. <laughs> I I don't want to start either of them. They've been better than people would expect. They've been better than they probably should be. I know Miley's ERA is really low, but the FIP is close to four. Uh, Yeah, Miley. I had the right Wade there. Miley. <laughs> Wait a minute. All right, then. Let's move on to the most added players in CBSSports.com leagues. John Gant is number one. Gant is a two-star pitcher who has pitched pretty well lately at Washington and at Detroit next week. And you know what? That is actually a good one. I didn't know he was a two-star pitcher. I thought he was a one-star pitcher. So how about that? John Gant, I'm not sure why he's a two-star pitcher. <laughs> I did the math that? this morning. Um, are they? They don't have a four-man rotation, do they? They do not, uh, but there's, let's see, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday. He's starting Tuesday. It's a, huh? yeah, yeah, it's a six game week for them. Uh, maybe they do right now, actually, is, is, yeah, cause, uh, Ponce de Leon's still in the minors, right? I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be 100% certain about John Gant making two starts next week. So I guess the question is, he has pitched well lately. Would you start John Gant if he only had one start at Washington? I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. Uh, they're, they're go, they're supposed to be doing a bullpen game Saturday. So they don't have a fifth starter right now. And it seems like they're going out of their way to avoid having one. Yeah, but if um, I think the chances are pretty good against a two-star pitcher, but yeah, it's not it's not certain. But if they're doing a bullpen game, then they are basically using that as a fifth starter. But I guess they'd have to do that again next week. No, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have to next week because of the off day on to Thursday. Bu- right to bump Gant out of that second start. I mean, they'd have to do that again. Okay, okay, fine. Yeah. So so let's consider him a two-star pitcher. Um, also on the most added list, Sam Gavilio. Uh, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm looking at only free agents. Now we got it. The most added real list. Tyler White is one. Kenzis Morales is two. We talked about them yesterday. Jeremy Jeffers is three. Josh Hader got a save yesterday, but Jeffers had to be unavailable. He threw two innings the day before. Uh, Marwin Gonzalez is up to 85% owned. John Gant, there he is, number five. Sam Gavilio, number six. Um, is Gavilio a two-star pitcher? He was supposed to be this past week, so that may just be carryover addition from that. Yeah. You don't need to own him. Uh, when we talk about the Cardinals in a bullpen game, it's worth bringing up that Luke Weaver and Tyson Ross are both in their bullpen right now. So it'd be very easy to just say this guy's a starter now. Sure. So maybe we don't say Gant's a two-star pitcher. I don't know. It, it seems like there's too good of a chance he won't be to, uh, to, you know, take that, take that stab at him. Right, like uh we'd rather have Tyler Glass now. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, back to the most added list. Greg Allen for some steals. He's 21% owned. Trevor Williams is interesting. He's two starts. We don't really buy it. We don't know how he's doing it. Uh Luke Voigt is up to 11% owned, and he homered yesterday. That's pretty much all he does, but <laughs> he's batted cleanup for the Yankees. 321, five homers. Now, when Gregorius and Sanchez are back, Voight's not going to back clean up, but he could bat sixth or so. Although now they have McCutcheon, so now I got him seventh. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps moving down. Um, yeah, what do you think about Luke Voigt, 11% owned? 
I think he could be a pretty good hitter. He has been the past couple years in the minors. Um, there's the Greg Bird of in, interference. I don't imagine he's just never going to start at all. Right. Um, so it seems like it's limited to deeper leagues. And if we're thinking, cause I've had this question a few times and I've, I've wondered it myself. What are the chances Luke Voigt is the Yankees first baseman going into next year? I think that's pretty close to slim to done. I mean, they have so many resources to upgrade and it just, it would just seem like an easy upgrade to bring in whoever, you know, mm-hmm. uh, I doubt they're going to go with a Cardinals cast off. As their, you know, long-term first baseman, but we'll see. I guess it's possible. Okay, for now, uh, you might be able. It's probably better in a daily league because Voit's unlikely to be an everyday player. Uh, that's our interpretation of it right now. Uh, and that's gonna do it for the most added list. Just want to also mention Luis Arias is still on there, and he's only twenty-three percent owned, and he stole a base yesterday. What kind of stolen base potential does Luis Arias, Padres second baseman, have? Also, shortstop eligible, and will be second base eligible short, eligible shortly. I don't think he ever had double-digit steals in the minors. Certainly not counting on him for that. Although the fact he stole one in his third game does raise an eyebrow. All right, then. Uh, just real quick, Scott. Going to look at the rotation from yesterday. Bad starts for Hap and Porcello. Do you trust Hap at Oakland? Do you trust Porcello at Atlanta next week? Yes to both. Okay. And was, Fulton Nevich uh, has two starts, Boston and Arizona. Can I start him? I will start him. Yeah. That's for for happen Fulton Nevich, that was isolated incident. Uh for Porcello, it's been a bumpy ride lately, but like three bad starts out of five, but the two good starts were among his best starts of the season. And uh you know, it's not like he's had trouble missing bats during the stretch. I think it's just I think it's just one of those things for Purcello. What do you think about Joe Musgrove, 62% owned, one start against Cincinnati next week? I don't think he's a bad option. He's uh, he's given up some runs recently, but he pitches deep into games. Um, you know, early on when he was having success, he was hardly missing any bats, and now he's missing a lot. So I, I think there's potential, and obviously that's a good matchup. Bullpen, Dellon Batances. I cannot I cannot believe what happened last night. He gave up two home runs for the first time in his career. He gave up three runs. I'll get the exact stat. He did this against the Tigers. He came out in the same situation. I think he had given up two or three earned runs over his previous 35 outings. Yeah, he had allowed two runs in 35 appearances, and then he gave up three yesterday. But they were using him as the closer. And they said they're going to play matchups, but Britain pitched the eighth, Robertson the seventh, and Batanza. Yeah, I don't have like I haven't seen the stats on this, but it certainly seems like whenever Batanza gets the chance to close, he becomes an inferior pitcher, and it's happens. Yeah, it's uh, past in the past filling in for Chapman and and Robertson himself before that. Um, he's, he's had extended stretches and it's been a bumpy ride from what I remember. I don't know. I don't even know if I could look up how. Yeah, I can. Okay. I'll do it right now. Look at, I'll just look at save situations. As a closer situation. versus not as well, a closer. Well, I, I can look at save situations. Um. Would that only count the ninth inning or? 
would it count all hold situations too? Because the hold situation is a safe situation until the pitcher's removed. I don't think so. Uh, I, you know what? I'm not sure I'm gonna be able to find it. It says in save <laughs> situations he has a .49 ERA in his career, and in non-saves 197. But I can't, no, I can't this, imagine that's right. Yeah, .49. Because no. uh, does he? What's his career ERA? I don't know. Bottom line is that was stunning. They used, <laughs> they used. Um, no, th- those well, stats, are, those stats are not right. Robertson. I mean, Robertson is a very established closer and nearly Batances as dominant is, as Batances. No. Nobody has been. Batances for the last 35 games before yesterday, he gave up like 10 hits. He was unbelievable. I don't know that they go away from him. I don't think they're going to lose faith in him or anything like that. But I, it's not a certainty that anyone there is the closer. Brad Hand got the save. I think it's more of a certainty that Hand gets the next save than Batances. Agreed? For the Indians and Yankees, yes. respectively? Yes, I would say that's more of a certainty. Yeah. Let me see if I can find examples of what I'm talking about. Pedro Strope got a save, his first save in his last six appearances. And Josh Hader got a save, as we mentioned. All right, I want to read a ton of emails, then go through two-star pitchers. Uh, because people got their questions, so here we go. Chase in Queens says, hey, Adrian, Cody, Steve, and Gil. Adrian, Cody, Steve, and Gil. I don't know who those are. Are those Rangers? Third baseman? Steve Bouchel? Benji Gill? No, no. No, I don't think that's it. I don't uh, know. What Dodgers first baseman, maybe? Gonzalez, Bellinger. I have no idea. Okay. Question is, I have Eduardo Rodriguez and James Paxton. A, do I start them both right away? Paxton, yes. Uh, Eduardo Rodriguez, it's a longer layoff for him. I'd, I'd prefer to give him a start to prove himself. Steve is Steve Garvey, by the way. Okay, so it is Dodgers first baseman? Uh, yeah, and Gil Hodges. Okay, there we go. And who do I drop to make room for Rodriguez and Paxton? Pick one. I guess he only has to pick one. Heaney, Musgrove, Gibson, uh, Ryu, Roark, or Luis Castillo? I think Ryu. This is from, oh, really? Really? Interesting. All right, Ryu. This is from Rob in East Brunswick, New Jersey. Hey, Dave, Conan, and Seth. Is that Letterman, O'Brien, and Myers? Yeah, I think so. Kind of, kind of an. Yeah, weird. Like, why those three among yeah, all the late know. night? Oh, I have, oh, cause late night Scott White. I have James Paxton coming off the DL. I have to drop someone. Do I drop Kopech, Luis Castillo, or Danny Duffy? I would drop Duffy. Hey, Alfonso, Will, James, and DJ. Mm. Fresh Prince. Oh, okay. Pretty sure, uh, pretty sure. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, okay. Player one versus player two. You ready? The question, I think, is who gets drafted first next year and who would you keep in a keeper league? Player one, 246, 14 homers, 59 RBIs. Player two, 279, 20, 23 points better, or th- uh, 33 points better. 21 homers, 7 more homers, and 60 RBIs. Basically the same amount of RBIs. Three more steals than player one. Player two has been better than player one. You see the stats there. Who goes mm-hmm. first? Oh, player one is 23 years old, player B, player two is 21 years old. Both play the same position in fantasy. 
It would depend what their names are, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Player one is Carlos Correa, who is batting two forty six with 14 homers and 59 RBIs. Player two is Glaber Torres, who is batting two seventy nine with 21 home runs and 60 RBIs. It's, yeah. I mean, obviously you knew there had to be some kind of trick going on here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, trickery. No, I mean, Carlos Correa is much more established and has been higher end at his best. So it's still going to be Correa. This might just be, might go down as a, kind of a lost season for him. From Andrew, Jay Happ or Mike Clevenger down the stretch? Clevenger is a borderline ace, I feel like. The last person I said that about was Jose Barrios, and it's gone fairly poorly for him since then. But, man, I, I think Clevenger doesn't get enough credit for how good he is. Mark from Switzerland. I have Jan Gomes, Danny Jansen, and Taylor Ward. Who do I drop, Ward or Gomes? Wait, why are you keeping Danny Jansen? Drop Danny Jansen. <laughs> right? Uh, You know, Gomes was actually an all-star this year. Did you know that? No. He, he was an all-star. Um, Jan, let's see how much Jansen has been playing recently. I mean, I, I think Gomes has the least upside of the three, but he might be the most usable right now. There's also Jansen, con- Jansen would be my preference to drop. There's also keeper consideration, so he could keep Jansen, I guess. He's thinking about keeping Taylor Ward, but I don't think Taylor Ward's going to be catcher eligible next year. He's not. No. Yeah. At least not on our side. I don't know. I don't know about all those other sites' eligibility rules. Is Danny Jansen like a good late round keeper? Um, I don't know. I mean, not not in like a twelve team mixed league. Good, then drop him. Elliot and Berkeley is in an eight team roto league. What's the question? Rank the following for two thousand nineteen: Rosario, Hicks, Polanco, Odor, and Shaw. Rosario Hicks, Polanco, Odor, and Shaw. Roto. For 2019, I will go Rosario, Shaw, um, Odor, Polanco, Hicks. I mean, Hicks would probably be second if it was a points league. But I'm going to put him last of this group for Roto. This is from Jason in Toronto. Dear Tatum, Bateman, and me. Jasons? Yeah, they're Jasons. Yeah. Looking to stash a prospect for 2019 in a 13-team keeper league, who are some 2019 prospects to stash? The next potential Acuna, Soto, Kopech, etc. And and Vlad and Eloy and obvious guys are already stashed. Uh, there's Joe Adele of the Angels, who's like 20 years old, I think, and has surged through the system. He may be too obvious. I don't know. I mean, he's not as obvious as Vlad and Eloy, but... Uh, he'll be pretty high in the rankings next year. Um, hmm. Brent Honeywell probably going to be the top-ranked pitching prospect if Kopech uses up his uh, eligibility the final month. I guess Kopech probably won't, but Honeywell will be the best who we haven't seen yet coming back from Tommy John surgery. Let me think here. That's who else good. is that high end? Oh, the the Rangers, uh, the Mets first baseman Peter Alonso. Big power source. Um, so he'd be up there too. All right. A few more here. Then we'll do two star pitchers. Pat in Boston. What are the nine ways you can reach first base? The nine ways you can reach first base? Mm-hmm. Get a hit. That's it. Like a single, a walk, yeah. uh, hit by pitch, 
uh, a wild pitch on the third strike and you yeah. reach first. Fielder's Error. choice. What? Fielder's choice. Is that okay? Error. No, no, no. I'm, that's a different one. Fielder's choice. Oh, okay. Error. Wild pitch. Um, how many are we up to? One, two, three, four, five, six. We have single walk, hit batsman, fielder's choice, error, wild pitch. Intentional walk? Is that, that different? I'll put that um, down. I, I wouldn't count it as different, but maybe. Right, I'll put it down. Um, huh. Nine ways you could reach first base. <laughs> I, I, I had the guy email me the answer for when we get, for when we get, uh, and you got Stumped. you got fielder's choice already. Yeah, fielder's choice. Uh, there's I said. um. Oh wow. Oh wow. Now we're never gonna get this. All right, single walk, fielder's choice, hit by pitch, fielding error, drop third strike. Got those. Catcher's interference, fielder's interference, obstruction, and a batted ball hits another runner before a fielder touches it. Okay. Fun. Yep. Fun question. Thank you, Patrick. Uh, Matt from Ottawa has Devers coming back soon. Who would you drop to make room for him? Cano, Wendell, Lourdes Gurriel, or Yoan Moncada? I would drop to make room for Rafael Devers. I would drop mm, probably Wendell. And finally, what happened to Trevor Cahill? Should I drop Cahill for Beeks, Junis, Bieber, or Giolito? Beeks, Junis, Bieber, Giolito. You should drop him for Bieber or Giolito or Junis. Bieber would be my first choice. Scott, let's look at two-star pitchers. Here we go. All righty. Big week of two-star pitchers. Scherzer, DeGrom, Clevenger, Madison Bumgarner at Colorado and at Milwaukee. Starter sit. You are going to start Madison Bumgarner. Okay. Uh, Keichel, Minnesota and at Boston. Start. How about Arietta at Miami and at the Mets? Yeah, we're starting him. You All might right. not start Keichel in a categories league, like a head-to-head categories league. Mm-hmm. Cause he's not a big strikeout pitcher. Um, yeah, and start at Boston. You might not, but he's pretty good. This is an he interesting didn't... one. Alex Wood, home against the Mets at the Rockies. Yeah. Yeah. He's coming off a good start and has been pretty reliable. Um, definitely points league you start him. I'd have some hesitations in categories. For Alex Wood. All right, Sean Newcomb, Boston and at Arizona. That might just be a flat no for me. Sabathia at Oakland at Seattle. That's a yes. Trevor I, I Williams think he's in categories. Trevor Williams, Cincinnati and Miami. It's fine. If you need a two star sleeper, like oh he's seventy four percent owned. Gosh. <laughs> yeah, you you're probably starting him in points, but I wouldn't start him in categories, I don't think, unless I was, you know, really doing everything I could to make up ground in strikeouts and wins. All right, Trevor Williams and Gio Gonzalez, St. Louis and Chicago. Uh, no. No, no, no. Nick Pavetta. I know, I know. Nick Pavetta at Miami at the Mets. We already talked about that. That one's not bad. Uh, Cahill, amazing at home. Got the Yankees and the Rangers at home. I might keep him around in a points league, though I wouldn't feel great about it. No chance I start him in categories. Freddie Peralta, if he gets those two starts, Cubs and Giants. He's, he's not gonna get the two starts. 
And then who's worth adding? Tyler Glass now, Joey Lucchese, Matt Harvey, Michael Fulmer. I'm not going anywhere near Harvey. Um, we talked about Junis and, uh. I did not say him yet. We are not. Oh, you there didn't yet. say him. Okay. We are at so Glass we- now, Lucchese and Fulmer. Okay. Fulmer and Lucchese are, I think are both usable. Um, yeah, Fulmer's last start was pretty bad, but, you know, if he'd never gone on the DL, he'd still be universally owned probably and thought to be automatic in a two-star week. So he's pretty good. And Glassnow is, yes, we, we like Glassnow a lot. Yeah, Glassnow, sorry. I, yeah, I thought that was obvious. I thought we covered him already. When was the last time he pitched? Like, I'm very confused. Tyler Glassnow, he, he hasn't pitched since the 23rd. No, he's not going to be a two-star pitcher. And that really pisses me off. I'm sorry for this bad advice. He's pitching today. So uh Tyler Glass now is not going to be a two-star pitcher next week. The Rays. Come on, Rays. Yeah, I, I apologize. Another, another reason why we don't want every team going with this opener. That's nonsense. why, you know, and that stinks. Because chaos. I, I gave it's that so chaos. so much enthusiasm at the top of the show, and, and I'm sorry. Uh Joey Lucchese, Harvey Fulmer, okay, whatever. John Gant, uh, who maybe will make that star. Ronaldo Lopez, Jake Junis. Yeah, Junis is the best and the only one I think I'd consider picking up. And then is there anyone else in these deeper leagues, 20% owned or less? I would say no. Yeah, me too. Well, then let's have a look at tonight's matchups. Yolisha Cena, Tanner Roark. I'm good with Roark. Um, Shasin, you, you know, maybe. It's a maybe for me. Jose Quintana at Nick Pavetta. Probably not. Probably not. Unless you're looking to make up ground and strikeouts, you start Pavetta. Jordan Zimmerman at Luis Severino. Okay, that's easy. Aaron yeah, Sanchez Severino. at Dan Straley. Neither. Tyler Glass now at Corey Kluber. Uh, you could do both. You could do both. Certainly Kluber. Jamison Tyone at Anibal Sanchez. I'd go both. Steven Gonzalez at Drew Hutchison. I'd go neither. Jaime Berea at Franmel, uh, Framber. Neither. Framber Valdez. Neither. Nate Evaldi at Michael Kopech. Joe, oh, wait a second. Red Sox. Hmm. I, I think Kopech's I think I'll be pass okay. on Kopech unless it's like Pavetta and you're Really want to make up ground and strikeouts. Yeah. All right. I think he's going to be okay, but I'm not confident enough in it. What about uh, Evaldi? No. Homer Even Bailey. The matchup just too unreliable. Homer Bailey at Austin Gomber. <sighs> Disaster starts are what Evaldi's been contributing, by the way. Um, who, who's Gomber facing? Who's Homer the other Bailey. team? Reds. That's a sleeper. I mean, Gomber. Yeah. Definitely not Bailey. Uh, Andrew Kashner at Brad Keller. I would go neither. Mike Leak at Mike Fires. I'm I'm struggling with Mike Leak. Awful start last time out. Was great before that. Pitchers Park, but Oakland's really good. Leak at Fires. 
Yeah, I understand that struggle. I'd lean yes on both. Granky at Ryu. Definitely Granky. Uh, Ryu? Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind starting Ryu. Sensatella at Brett Kennedy. No. Zach Wheeler at Andrew Suarez. Just Wheeler. That's it for the show. That's it for the weekend. And we'll come back on Tuesday with another podcast. Everybody have a great Kokomo Friday. Enjoy Labor Day. Have fun. We'll talk to you on Tuesday.